You're listening to the Long Hollow Student Ministry Podcast. For more information and to stay up to date on what we have going on, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at LH Students. What's up, guys? Uh, my name is Demarie, and I'm an intern here uh, at Long Hollow. And I'm actually, uh, I get the chance and opportunity to speak to you guys tonight. And I've been an intern uh, since August. And I can't tell you, I can tell you a lot of stories about what it took to get here and, and, and what I've enjoyed since I've been, been here. Uh, but I, you know, I think the most excited I've been about the ministry has come in the past two weeks. With us having movement and, and all the momentum and all, and all the excitement and on fire for Christ that you guys have had. Um, and so we, we've gotten a chance a couple of weeks ago to actually celebrate that. And, uh, and then as a student team, we actually went to Chewy's uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's my second time ever having Chewy's, but we went just to celebrate what God did in your life that weekend. Um, and little did I know I found myself in a situation uh, that, that would actually lead to this conversation tonight. As soon as we left che- Chewy's, uh, in the same parking lot, I was riding with uh, two of the other interns and Shane, our, our discipleship minister. And in that... Uh, we found a lady uh, who, who needed help. Um, her tire was flat. And I can tell you, as we drove up, as we drove up past this woman, she had no clue what she was doing. I mean, she was on her back. She was struggling. She was trying to reach under the car without lifting it up. So she was actually trying to change the tire without lifting the car up to get the tire off. And so Shane was the first point, person to point it out and was like, hey, we should help this woman. And so I was like, okay, we can help this woman. The first person to get out of the car was Noah, our middle school intern, who's actually over there preaching right now. And the second person was me, and the last person was Jose, who was our uh, intern over at the Gallatin campus. And so Noah got out willingly, ready to help. And me, I kind of, I hesitated a bit because I'm the type of person that likes to overthink a lot of stuff. And so I thought to myself, there's going to be three people out helping this woman, and maybe two more if Shane and someone else gets out. So is it counterproductive that we all get out? And, and I eventually get out, and Jose, I mean, he says from the beginning, I have no clue what I'm doing. I, I didn't, I don't know how to change a tire. I never changed a tire before in my life. So the details of what happened was Noah is the one who leads everything, and, you know, I'm sitting there trying to turn the car up and get it up off the, off the ground so we can pull the tire off, and I'm loosening the bolts, and, and Jose's just in the back like this, just looking at us. And actually, have a, we have a picture of this very exact moment. Shane, who was sitting inside the car and not helping, uh, he took a picture uh, of this, I think, right here. So we can blame the cameraman for not helping. That was Shane. So if you see him, talk to him about it. But you can see, you see Jose in the blue with the, with the bone on top of his head. And I'm on the other side of Noah. And that's the woman that we were helping uh, at the mall. 
And so we're doing this, and, and you know, we get the tire back on, and I'm, I'm uh, tightening up the bolts, and, and we finally get it back down. And this woman was so grateful because she had no clue. And then we found out, you know, and, you know, the tire wasn't all the way flat, but on the other side, one of her other tires were going to be flat, so she was going to need help soon again after that. Um, but she was extremely grateful. Uh, we left. I left kind of proud about what we had done. You know, I was, like, really excited. I was like, man, you know, I haven't changed a tire in three and a half years, maybe. And so I, I was like, yes, I'm so glad we did that. We made jokes about Jose not getting out. No, he just always knows what he's doing. I can ask him, how do you build something? And he does it. He's a handyman. He does it all the time. Um, but, you know, in this story, I've obviously told you, like, we have these roles and these different things that we did and, and, and how we got that goal accomplished. And tonight we're going to kind of talk about the same thing and we're going to look at a passage. And, and in that, there are roles and what people do and what people don't do. Um, and we're going to ask the question. You can ask it to yourself, like, who am I in this story? Uh, but even more than that, we have a question that's more pressing, and that is, are you burdened for other people? So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to dive into that scripture. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you, uh, man, for the opportunity to be able to speak tonight, but just to speak on a topic that's so heavy and, and talking about carrying other people's problems, carrying their issue. And, and I'm grateful that that I can know how to speak that because ultimately I know you bore my burdens and my issues and all the time and you're, you're always with me. So I pray tonight that the hearts uh, that are out here in this crowd, that they would, they would understand, most importantly, how you bore their burden on the cross. But they, they would see and seek out opportunities to bear the burdens of other people as well. Um, we thank you for this opportunity and we love you. Sing your son's name. Amen. So if everyone could, we're going to flip over to Luke chapter 10. And I'm going to go ahead and, and read that as we flip over to that. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verses 23 through 37, or 25 through 37, I'm sorry. All right. And so it says, then an expert in the law stood up to test him saying, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He asked him, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, he told him. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus took up the question and said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him, beat him up, and fled, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the road. When he saw him, he passed by to the other side. In the same way, a Levite, when he arrived at the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, on his journey, came up to him, and when he saw the man, he had compassion. He went over to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on olive oil and wine. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave, him, gave it to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him. When I come back, I'll reimburse you for whatever extra you spend. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The one who showed mercy to him, he answered. Then Jesus told him, go and do the same. So what you see in this story is you see a person who is, by the way, an expert of the law. So he knows the word. And he asked Jesus, you know, uh, what must I do? That's, that's the first question he asked him. He's like, what do I have to do? And he says, you love the Lord your God with all your heart first. That's the first thing, with all your heart. And then with all your soul, strength, and mind. And you love your neighbor as yourself. Wanting to justify himself, he says, well, well Jesus, who, who's my neighbor? And then he told him this story. So what we're going to do right now is going to break down uh, the, two, the, the rest of the story, but do it in this way. Our first point tonight is this. Be the exception 
and not the norm. And so in this story, we see firsthand the norm in the, in the story of the Samaritan man, uh, this, the Good Samaritan. So in verses 31 and 32, we see norm, all right? So in verses 31 and 32, we see that this man was just beaten up, and we see the priest and the Levite pass by him. You know, people who are religious, who claim to know God, they pass right by him on the other side and, and ignore him, a person who's hurt a person who had just got beaten up and he was left for dead. And then that's the norm. And how that relates to us is like in our closure time, you know, the, the easy thing is to do is to just push people off who are hurting, push people off who, who have issues. We make excuses like, oh, I don't have enough time. Or we'll make the excuses of like, you know, he's too far or she's too far gone. There's nobody that can help them. They always say these things. That's what happens. That's what we do. That's the norm. But tonight, hopefully, you know, you'll be the exception as we get ready to break down the exception uh, who is the Samaritan man. And so in verses 33, he says, uh, but a Samaritan man on his journey, I'm sorry, I'm scrolling to it. said, but a Samaritan man on his journey came up to him, and when he saw the man, he had compassion. And so this is what the exception looks like. It looks like someone taking time out of their journey that they're on, seeing a person who's hurting and stepping aside and saying, I'll be willing to take care of him. And that's what he did. We see, we see the actions of this Samaritan man, do we not? I mean, he, he loved him up close. He bandaged his wounds. Uh, he, took him, he took him on his own. It'd be like putting someone in your own car. He took him on his own donkey, and he took him to this end. And then what, what's even greater is he not only loved him from a close distance, but he also loved this Samaritan man from a long distance because he left. He said to the innkeeper, you know what, if he owes anything, I'd be willing to pay that too. And when I'm, when I'm reading through this, I, I ask myself, you know, what, what, made the, what made the Samaritan man have compassion? And as I was studying, I couldn't help but think, like, maybe the Samaritan man had passed compassion on this man because the Samaritan man knew what it looked like to be overlooked in his culture in that day. He had been through that. You know, I was, looking, I was looking at a graph the other day, and it, and it was showing people, showing people who had closeness and relationships, and, and it said that in, that, in, in, in the diagram, it said that the Samaritan man was looked as lesser than sinners. And so he knew what it was like to be overlooked. He knew what it was like for people not to care about the things that he had going on. He knew what it meant for nobody to have a care in the world about him. And I can't help but think when, you know, when I'm, when I'm, Going through this passage, me as a believer, and I, every person in this room who is a believer, and ultimately the story is pointing to Jesus. As believers in this room, we should look at the unbelievers and say, I know what it's like to be in your shoes because every believer in this room at one point was an unbeliever. So if we have this good message, we have this good hope, and, and this thing that we can share with people and give people so they won't be left for dead, why wouldn't we share it? Why wouldn't we do that and have compassion? Because ultimately at the cross, Jesus bore our burdens and took, so he's seen us left for dead and did that for us. You know, and it's easy, like we said, to make the excuses and to be the norm. And it's easy to do that. It's hard. It's really hard to be the exception and bear the burdens of another person. Um, so like I said, this, this Samaritan man, he was the exception. Um, he had compassion. He cared. He cared so much for him, and he paid for him. He sympathized because he was an outcast. Um, so uh, I can't help but think of a person, uh, you know, Saul, who, who changed to Paul after he was changed on the road to Damascus. 
and, and, and Jesus changed his life radically. He was compassionate about loving others. So much, it says in Romans 9, 1 through 3, Paul says this. Paul says, I speak the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience testifies to me through the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the benefit of my brothers and sisters, my own flesh and blood. So Paul says this, if it means that someone else will come to salvation, I'd be willing to step out of my own salvation. And when I'm reading that, I'm convicted because I can't help but think of how many times that I, I don't do that, that I wouldn't look, look twice and, and help somebody. I complained the other day about helping somebody because I thought he was trying to trick me. I was willing to make an excuse instead of just willingly help him like that because of the compassion that Jesus showed me and me being able to share it with other people. And I get it. I get it. It's hard. Uh, you know, I can relate to this. I, I, was telling, I was telling someone today, you know, one of, one of the greatest burdens that I've had to bear was, was that of my mother with, with her sickness. Uh, and and I, I was excited when Will told me that I'd be doing this and preaching on this message about burdens um, because I struggle with bearing the burdens of other people sometimes. There's so many, it's been so many times in my life where I pushed her to the side. I said, I don't have time for this. I have stuff that I'm trying to focus on, places I'm trying to go to. And I understand you did this for me, uh, but it feels like sometimes you're holding me back if I bear your burden. That's what we can think. That's the norm. But tonight, like I said, we're pushing you to be the exception because there are people who need that. So Paul was changed radically on his way to Damascus, and rather uh, on his journey. And so as we move into our second point, there is purpose for your journey. And so we see in verses 33, it says this in Luke 10, 33. It says, but a Samaritan man on his journey came up to him, and when he saw the man, he had compassion. So a Samaritan man was on his journey. You know, he woke up that morning and he said, I have places to be, I have things to do, I have a schedule to keep, I have a routine. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but most of you students in here, y'all have some of that same routine every single day, right? We go to school, y'all go to school, I'm sorry, I'm not in school. Y'all go to school, you know, we have practice at a certain time. We have clubs, we have places we have to be. Uh, we, we have friends we have to see. There, there's people we pass every day. So this Samaritan man was no different from every one of you. He had a routine. But along in that journey and on, on his journey, God placed someone in front of him to help, and he didn't think twice about it. But the religious did. The priest and the Levite said, who claimed to know God, I have places to be and things to do. I don't have time for this. So much so that they would cross the other side of the road instead of help. So here's the point I'm trying to make. Everyone in here has a journey. And there's purpose for that. We have things to do. We have places to do, places, places to go, right? But along that way, God has placed people in our life who are hurting, who are burdened, who need our help, who need to see the love of Jesus Christ. In your mind, in this moment, just think about all the people that you pass in a day. The people in your hallways, the people in your classroom that you pass every single day. Now, how many of you think that every person that you pass has it all together? 
How many of those people do you think actually need their burden lifted off of them and help? How many of those people need to see the love of Christ and not be left for dead? And so I think about that. I mean, being honest, it convicts me. Here's the thing. As you seek Christ in your journey, there are going to be so many opportunities to tell people about Jesus. And the, in my life, the opportunities that, I've yet, that I have not seen have come in seasons where I have not been seeking Christ. I see it so much clearly when I'm seeking him and following him every single day. I see every opportunity, every person that passes me. I think to myself, how does this person need to see Jesus? And in the seasons where I'm not doing that and I'm not being intentional about that, I don't see people's burdens. I don't see a need to help them because I'm focused on myself and where I have to be. So here's the thing. I'm not saying there's not a journey. I'm not saying that you, you, you shouldn't have goals and aspirations and places uh, to go and, and, and do those things. I'm saying along the way, there are people who need to see the light of Jesus Christ in you and who need to intentionally be sought out, and you need to bear the burdens. Because here's what I found out in doing that myself. I found that in, bur- in bearing the burden of other people, I have been so blessed to in a way that I have felt like my own burdens have been bore. But, uh, and, and just in, the, in, the, in that. Tonight I have a very prime example of that in here. And I want to speak to you know, how we got to Demarie putting back back on stage. Uh, but the other day, I, was, I had just got through from the gym. And, and I decided, oh, man, I'm thirsty. I want to stop to the store. I want to get something to drink. And so I know I wasn't supposed to buy a Monster Energy drink after just working out. And instead, I looked at the sign and I seen it said two for 333. I thought to myself, yes, I need two drinks. I'm thirsty. So, 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 so I did it anyways and I bought a payday bar and some Reese's and uh, counterproductive, right? But when I got back in the car, I thought to myself, I'm gonna put one in my cup holder. There is an empty juice box in my other cup holder, so I don't have anywhere else to put the drink. So I said, why not put it in my book bag? Uh, Lord, I know I had a laptop in my book bag. And so it told me, something told me, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. And I was like, I'm going to do it anyways. I don't want it to fall on the ground and then just start spraying everywhere in the car. So I did it. I get home. I feel a drip down the back of my leg. I'm just thinking to myself, oh, it's raining outside. As I get inside the house, I can't say the same thing. I can't say it's raining inside the house. Um, so uh, sure enough, I open up my book bag and the monster drink combusted because it got stabbed and there was a slit down the whole thing and my entire laptop was ruined. That's one of the things that's happened in the past two weeks. Um, other things, you know, personal things, I've, in, a, in a situation I have been praying, that Lord, make me burden for other people before I get up on stage and talk about being burdened. And little did I know, I would be burdened with so many things in that time. And so I'm taking, I'm checking, I plugged it in, I plugged my laptop and everything in. It's actually right here. I don't know why I still have it because it doesn't work. But in cleaning out my book bag, something I carry every single day, I found these. I found letters from one summer of camp. Letter after letter after letter. Pictures with words on them. Letter and letter and letter. 
this letter, and I decided to read one of them. In the situation where I was seeking God, and that entire summer, I dedicated my life to ministering to students and telling them about Jesus Christ. And uh, I had received so many letters, um, but I remember this one. And I'm going to read it. Um, I almost cried earlier when reading this to Will. So if I do it now, don't laugh. I probably won't, hopefully. It says, I decided, Demarie, I decided to write you this letter to just say a big thank you for everything that you have done and what you will continue to do. There is no doubt in my mind that God placed you at Feud so that you could be my leader who led me closer to Christ. I'm not going to lie. Before I got to camp, I was a hot mess who strayed so far away from God that I felt like I had no hope. You helped me understand that our Lord is a God of redemption, which I felt throughout the whole entire week at Fuge. You have a heart like no other and a love for the Lord, uh, which I strive to have myself. You helped me see that I'm strong, willing, worthy, and desperate for God's love. I'll be forever grateful for the lifelong lessons and the memories from camp as a dynamite. I feel we truly have become family this week, which is something that I will always hold close to my heart. Damar, you have touched my, so many lives and helped others grow and so much closer, lead them so much closer to the Lord than you know. You belong here and you're meant to make a difference. You're an inspiration, a light in the darkness. Never lose that. I wish you the best as your time at camp continues and when you go back home. You told me that God has a plan, so I encourage you to do the same, to trust the same. You have loved me as well as everyone else that surrounds you. So once again, thank you for helping me grow and thrive throughout this week. And I hope to continue this as I sadly go back home. I'll miss you dearly. Maybe we'll cross paths one day. It was an honor to be a part, to be one of your campers in a dynamite. You're a blessing. And so letter, that's a letter just saying that. You know, I couldn't, that, that was, none of that was me. I was just speaking and investing in this girl, the things that I had to learn about Jesus, the things that I had put in, been putting into place in my life. And I couldn't help but be humbled and realize that as we bear other people's burdens, we're blessed ourselves. In a time where I needed it, where I was going through, you know, it was, it was just a computer, but I was, I was going through issues in my life, myself. I got to see that and see how God uses those opportunities where we bear other people's burden to ultimately give him the glory and we're blessed in the process to see his love ourselves too as they see it. And so, in that, you know, there's an opportunity. I got in my notes, don't cry. <laughs> so there's an opportunity every day to show compassion while we're on our journey. Every single day, you have an opportunity to do that and show someone the love of Christ. But here's the thing. One, you have to know that love to be able to show it. There's so many opportunities, tonight's opportunity for that too. But first, I wanna talk about, and, and rather show you through a video, uh, one opportunity that you have to be able to go and show compassion and show someone the love of Christ. Check out this video.
So, I mean, we see a need really for, and I know we've been talking about it a couple times tonight. I mean, there's, there's a need for someone to see the compassion and love of Jesus Christ through this. And so I don't want you to get this idea that, you know, we're just, we're just asking you to do things. Because, it, you know, that's what, that's what the expert in the law had said, what must I do? Samaritan man, you don't, you don't see him ask that question. You just see him have compassion. And so here, here's where... The, the Chewy story at the begin, beginning relates in this moment. Noah didn't hesitate. Here's why Noah didn't hesitate. Because he willingly and had so many opportunities to be a handyman, and he had practiced it over and over and over again. So that led to him having the confidence to be able to step. When he seen a need, he stepped out, and he did something about it. I, in this story, will be the person who probably doesn't necessarily walk out their faith a lot of time and who's inconsistent in that because I hesitate because it's been so long since I've done it. I don't do it regularly. There's an inconsistency. So it led, that inconsistency to do it led to a lack of confidence to step out and question and almost make an excuse not even to get out the car in the first place. And on the back end of that, we see my one of, you know, Jose. Jose didn't know anything. So in his not knowing, how could he ever share? How could he ever help? How could he ever bear the burdens of someone else? It'd be hard to do that. It'd be hard to bear the burdens and show the love of Christ when you don't know the love of Christ. I can't help but really believe that everyone in this room can relate to one of those people in that story. Not only in the story about Chewies, but in the scripture that we read, 
Are you the person who's crossing the other road whenever someone needs help? Are you the Samaritan man who's being willing to help out? Because ultimately, the Samaritan man was the exception. The Samaritan man was busy and had something to do, but he's seen an opportunity to share the love of Christ. When we're playing these videos, it's not just for you to get go. It's to go down there and show someone the love of Christ. To do it every day in your schools. To do it every day on your team. Because you can sympathize the believers in the room. You can sympathize what it's like to not know Christ. To be hopeless. To need help. Christ was the ultimate bearer burden for us in when he bore our sins on the cross. So we as believers who are Christians and following after Christ, why wouldn't we do the same? So during this time right now, we, we, we have an opportunity. I'm sorry, am I kicking the take two? I think I'm kicking the take two. So during this time, you're going you're gonna to have a chance to answer some questions with your table leaders. But before you do that, I, I honestly feel led to pray in this moment before we start this discussion. So if you would pray with me, and then I'll kick it to take two. Dear Lord, man, it's, it's really a privilege to be able to talk about these things. And I, I, I know without a doubt in my mind that, you know, there have been times where I have been the Samaritan man and the priest. And I know there have been times where I've willingly stopped, stopped, stopped what I'm doing to help someone in need. I pray that as we begin this discussion, as we begin to talk about what it means to bear burdens and what that actually looks like, that we would take that serious. Because these people's problems are serious. The fact that some people don't know Christ in our schools and who are sitting right beside us and who are in our homes, who, who could be our parents, that the fact that they don't know Christ, that is serious. Lord, I thank you that you ultimately bore our burdens at the cross and we can never be a greater bearer burden than you. So we thank you for that, and I ask that you will bless this time as we dive into discussion and help us not only see how we can help, but how ultimately we can share the love of Christ with other people. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Hey. So I hope you guys, if I could have everybody's attention uh, just really quick. Um, I love the fact that y'all are willing to talk about it uh, in table talk for the last 10 minutes. Uh, but here's the truth of the matter, okay? Like I said, I've had without a doubt that everyone in this room can relate with, with somebody in this story. You know, we didn't really break it down, but maybe some of us are, are the expert in the law who think, you know, we know everything about Jesus, so there's no need uh, to really take and love the Lord God with all your heart, but except make the excuse of who is my neighbor. And so I know, you know, there have been different times in my point where in my walk with Christ that, you know, if I had to have that conversation, like, I, I've been doing a bad job at this. You know, I without a doubt believe that there are some Noahs in the room who are walking and practicing and willing to take on the burdens of other people at the first chance to. I know there are some Demarias in the room who, who hesitate who, who, who come every other Wednesday night or who, who may read their Bible maybe once a week or who don't actively practice that out. And so when it comes time to bear the burdens or to share 
with someone about Jesus, we hesitate and we try to make the excuse for doing that. But here's where I believe may be the most important person in the room, and that was Jose. Without a doubt, if you're Jose in this room, you have a burden that's greater than every other burden that there is. If you don't know Christ, that is a burden too big for you to carry, and you never will be able to carry that. And thankfully, thankfully, Jesus carried that burden for you, and he just asked you to believe in that and trust in that. And so during this time, as we, as we get ready, as the band gets ready to play this last song, here's where we're at. If you are in need to talk with someone about who you have been in this story, if you're that person, you could even be the person who was robbed and left for dead. You could be that person with that burden and who needs to see a Samaritan, someone to help and tell them and encourage them and lift them up because you've been hurt. So during this time, as we get ready to sing the last song, if you need to talk to anybody, seriously, there's a burden too big for you to carry because you don't know Christ. Or if you realize, man, I've been this person who's hesitated, who hasn't taken Christ seriously, and because of that, it's hard for me to share my faith, and I make those excuses every single day that I walk the halls. Kate, Will, and Ryan are gonna be right over here at this door. And I can promise you, it will be a conversation that you won't regret having, without a doubt. And so, as the band plays his last song, if you feel led to do that, go ahead and do that. Thank you. If you will stand to your feet. Come on, we believe that God is good. Sing this out. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days, I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will see the goodness of God. Yeah. Hey. 
It's been such a cool night worshiping together with you all. And we know that Jesus is good. We know that he is faithful. We know that he is sovereign. And so what an appropriate night to have this discussion on having a burden for others in our community, the people around us. So I just had a thought. We just sang, your goodness is running after me. And I just started thinking, man, what if God wants to use you to chase down his goodness in someone else's life? So tonight, when you leave here, when you walk out those doors, know that you are the movement of God in your community, in your school, no matter where you go, you are the hands and feet of Jesus 
and you can live out his goodness wherever you are. So students, you all are dismissed. We're gonna keep playing, but go and be the hands and feet of Jesus. We love you. Have a good night.